With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we were back with Mel Storm and Nick Logan. Sorry about the technical difficulties we were experiencing. For some reason, when I set up tonight's program, it did not save it as two hours. It cut us off. All right, Mel, I'll let you continue. I'll let you continue. Um, like I was saying, I just honestly, I, I mean, um, that's me to a fault. Honest. Um, I really didn't want to train you because I was worried about um the physical repercussions on your body. Um, if something happened and um, you were injured or, heaven forbid, became crippled because of taking a move wrong. Right. So he should be allowed to try. Well, and, and, well, I, I and she... The, I, I don't go disagree ahead, with... A lo- I don't disagree with allowing him to try, um, but back then, um, his... Disability was a little more pronounced than it is now, and um, wrestling takes a very, very hard toll on your body, and it is yes. so easy to get injured, um, even doing something that you've done a hundred times before. That's very correct. All right, and we have everybody back with us. Sin, uh, Mel Storm, Nick Logan with us now. Tales from the Indies Part 2 continues. Um, so the second event came to be uh, – Mel, is there anything you want to say about genocide? Quickly. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't remember the names of the shows. There's, I mean, I remember Hell on Earth, but that's about it. <laughs> um. Genocide was the first one with Jerry Lynn. Um, we, I, now, I will admit this. When Jerry Lynn walked into that building, everybody was in shock of the shape that that man was in. I, I was, like, still to this day, a man in his 40s that, you know, he'd been working a long time at that point, but he came in there probably out of all the names that I've met, he was in the best shape of his life out of any name that I've met. Oh, he was one at a time. What was that, Nick? Did he make it to your spank bank? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, Nick. Um, I remember the second event, Nick Logan and I um, were 
running around like chickens with our head cut off, trying to get flyers out and everything. Um, but a couple of things happened with RCW before that second event. One, RCW was slated to run the Silver Slipper Saloon um, with Juventud Guerrero and Jasmine Sinclair, or St. Clair. Um, here's wasn't what happened. Originally, wasn't that originally supposed to be with uh, Blue Meanie? I believe so, yes. That is one story he, that I was Because they were dating. Because they were dating. Didn't, didn't it get rained out? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Punk throwing a fit about a porn star being there, too? Yes, what? that is correct. I thought so. He did not want to be associated with that. And you, gotta, you guys got to remember that Punk trained with guys like Harley Race. Like, give, give Ace Steel the credit where it's due last night for that promo on AEW. He told the truth. Um, those guys traveled with the likes of Harley Race. So when you're traveling with a guy like Harley Race, like, everybody can say what they want about CM Punk. He learned from one of the very best. One of the very best. Um, the other thing that happened is, I believe a week or so after that event, is when the news came in. And I might be off on my timeline here by about a year. But if memory serves me correct, it was a double whammy because the following week they were supposed to have, or in like two weeks they were supposed to have at their September event, Al Snow. And this is when Al got called to do, I believe it was called Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday uh, back then. One of those two. Um, So so he was not allowed to make that RCW event, which that's when problems really started to arise with the morale of that company. You know, I kept going to Steve Freeman and Repsol. I'm like, you guys can't keep advertising these names if they're not coming. You're going to kill this thing. And you got uh, card subject to change. That's best line I ever heard Al Snow say. What? Aldo Montoya's in Lad? Just incredible. He's like, uh-huh. if I don't outdraw him, he's like, I need to retire. <laughs> <laughs> best uh, Snow line. I was like, oh my god. But um, the second WWA event came about, and you guys really upped your game. There weren't a lot of people from RCW at that time that were willing to work with uh, WWA because of things Retzel may have said, Steve Freeman may have said, Tim Lyle may have said. Actually, a lot of it came down to they just weren't allowed to. They were trying to run the area like a territory. Correct. So, So nobody, you know, like, I never told any of our workers they could work for them, but, you know, there was no way they were going to cross workers between our two companies. So i, I got to be honest, though. I don't mind the fact that RCW didn't let their workers come to us because it allowed us to bring in new talent that had never been seen in this area and actually give some guys um, the chance to hone their skills in the ring and – it, it made for a better pool of workers overall. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the guys, mm-hmm. some of the guys we brought in, um, we still have close personal friendships with, and I liked the caliber of our wrestlers, and I liked the fact that a lot of the guys that we brought in were down to earth and were willing to work within some of the constraints that um, I specifically put on them. Right. Yeah. 
The, first, the second WWA event is where WWA announced they were bringing in a guy that RCW, by all rights, should have put a title on at some point. The one and only physical fascination, Brandon Bishop, became the first ever WWA heavyweight champion in October of 2003, defeating, uh, I believe it was Eric Freedom in the finals, wasn't it? Yes. Or was it Wild Fans Ring Weapons. No, it was Fans yeah. Ring Weapons, Freedom, and him in the final. And look, people were upset that Freedom lost, but it built to a better story. You wanted, I believe the plan was for the December show, because there was plans originally in 03 for a December event, uh, was going to be Brandon Bishop against Freedom for the belt. They, WWA wanted to do that. And Freedom and Bishop worked great together. Bishop... You know, everybody says what they want about the RCW thing. I'm not going to poo-poo on the guy that had an accident in the ring. We all remember that. It's long history. But I thought this was a great move from WWA to try to to up their game a little bit. It's not that it was needed, but Brandon Bishop is the first WWA champion. It was a good move. Very good move creatively. Um, Don't know whose idea it was, but I thought it was was a very good move. It was a collective, right, guys? I think so. I don't. I honestly don't remember. We were talking. Beans and I were talking about this the other night. I don't remember. I think it was just like everybody was just like it should be Bishop. I think it was just like a yeah. After we had seen Bishop and uh, and Angus and uh, Kurt Rigsby wrestle, we were kind of like, oh my god, he, he trains great guys. He is a great guy. He's a solid guy in the ring. You know, it just. Uh, do you remember, Mel? Do you, did you have a, bit, a specific reason? Um, <laughs> I remember we got a taste of him, actually, um, and had watched it and, like, the way he worked. And I remember we had reached out to him about um, coming in and doing a show for us. Yeah, he was one of the guys that sent a tape. Yeah. Um, Is, did we bring in Angus and Kurt after him? No, Angus no. was there from our very first show, I believe, because yeah. um, I remember when, okay. Bill, or when Tim and I watched the tape of Angus, and we saw his gimmick, and then when we called him, and he answered the phone in gimmick, we were like, that's the keeper. Well, right, for, me, right, right. For, okay. me, for me, it happened in the ring. For me, he said he'd come down and get in the ring with me, and uh, just, you know, I'd be the judge of if he's good enough work to be in the company. Oh, you love that. You just, you, all you did is grapple for like 30 minutes. Yeah, we and, literally, I'm like, what do you want to do? He looked at me, he's like, how about we chain wrestle? Oh, my God. I would, And I was, uh, I was oh there my. for this. Um, I believe that may have actually been the training seminar. It was the one after that, because I'll never forget this. I didn't even know this was possible as a young trainee. But I remember one of the training seminars, because uh, we had the ring set up of uh, Mel and Sin's house. I remember one of the training seminars, Judas ran the ropes, and one of them broke. And I, I, had, I had never experienced this. And, and to... Uh, to the to the credit where it's due, not only to Tim Wilde because he was first trainer of, of Justin Judas, but to Sin, I believe it was the top rope that snapped. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. Justin saved himself, and this is why yeah, I have a problem. Yeah, because of the way I told him how to hit the ropes. <laughs> correct, the safe way to hit the ropes. Yeah. 
which a lot of guys that are being trained these days don't do. I see too many guys grabbing that middle rope. If that middle rope goes out, you ain't got nothing to hold on to, buddy. That's why your arm always goes on the back of your head. (laughs) That's why your arm goes on the top rope. Um, I do remember that, and I remember uh, Mel was doing something. She did a cartwheel, and this was like one of my favorite memories of working with Wicked. I remember Mel doing a cartwheel, and boom, there's the boot. I do remember that. That's a nip nip. There's another female on this show, and I'm sure she'll agree with me. Bras sometimes just aren't comfortable. (laughs) Yep. Just sometimes. Um, Uh, Can we fast forward to a moment while we got Mel here? Because I don't know how long we're going to have her. Um, Yes, we can. Did, uh, were you were you still uh, part of the show when uh, Mel actually got in the ring against me, Nick? Mm-hmm. Do you no. remember that? It was me and Tasha and Judas versus Mel. Mel, who were your tag team partners? Uh, Wild Child and who else? Do you remember? Uh, I think was it was Storm Rider. Oh, it might have been Storm Rider. Yeah, Storm Rider. We used him for a while. Uh, it could have been. I, I honestly don't recall. I remember. I remember thinking to myself um, when you took that took that choke slam from Judas. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, I... How uh, she got so much height? <laughs> I remember after the match when um, I had some super fans that freaked out on Judas. <laughs> oh yes! Oh, they hated him. And they hated me more because I'm, I made him do it to you. Huh. Remember? Yeah. You were beating the crap out of me. I, like, poked you in the eye or did something just cheap. And then I tagged Judas in, and I'm just like, joke slammer, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so, those, those and so, were pretty crazy. Yeah, so she got joke slammed, and there you go. That was, <laughs> that was when the, within the first year of WWA. The memory that I want to bring up for Nick Logan and Mel Storm here very quickly is the memory that they got to be a part of because uh, they'll correct me on the year. I believe it was 2005, maybe even a little bit earlier. There was a tornado that touched down in Utica, Illinois, destroying most of that town. And there was a benefit held by Wicked Wrestling Alliance. Now, I am outside. I believe they have just gone to intermission. I'm outside making sure it's not raining. Obviously, we've got to tear the ring down, load it on the trailer, all of that tonight. To my shock, I am outside, and I get walked. A gentleman walks up to me, and he says, are you with this company running here tonight? Is a show here? I said, yes, yes, it is. You're in the right spot. How can I help you? He goes, well, I've got somebody here that I believe the promoter of this company will be very interested in. I was not there for that. I was not there. I, I heard about it after. I, oh, remember. I, I was there. I will well, not I, I wasn't. I wasn't there. Can we be there? Come on, uh, we, we're going to get there. Um, I had never ran so fast to that locker room in my life because the man that was waiting to come inside was a man that is a legend in every sense of the word, the grandfather of the late Luna Vachon, the oh. mad dog Vachon. I would have bawled my eyes out. So, so what exactly happened? Go ahead, Mel. A little, a little story behind that. Um, 
And not many people know that Mad Dog, when he is traveling on shows, um, if he knows he's going to a particular town at a certain time, he will actually look up um, wrestling shows in that area and plan his route around a wrestling show and stop in unannounced That's nice. um, just to give the show a little boost. Um, so we had no idea he was coming at all. Do you remember um, the first question I asked you when you told me he was there, Mel? Yes, you asked me if he had one leg. Yes. Class <laughs> act, <laughs> um, um, gentlemen. Class act, gentlemen. I remember everybody clearing out from the locker room while he was giving his speech. I remember fans giving him a standing ovation because about a year prior, he'd shown up at RCW at an out. He was just there. Um, so this thing wasn't unheard of, but to have him come out of his way, it almost felt like to be a part of this charity event. Those, that was one of the turning of the tides for me in, in wicked. It was like, okay, well, if this guy's, you know, from Minnesota, he doesn't have to be here tonight, but he chose to be here. Yeah, that exactly. spoke volumes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if if he had done a show in uh, this town before, like you were saying, I, I mean, maybe part of that was his reason too. Not only just the benefit, but then also he just remembered the fans were good in this area. Because I mean, for for many years, I was very blessed with a good fan base in this area, and. Uh, you know, that's – and even now uh, with Dreamwave, the great fan base. So, you know, this – Oh, I love Dreamwave. All the shit I give about RCW, I'm a huge Dreamwave fan. <laughs> I was there all the – as much as I could. I mean, I, I wasn't living in the area, but I'd go. I'd uh, – don't they have a new show coming up? Yeah, yes, uh, October. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to try and go. <laughs> Before I go, because this will um, be the ending, I want to touch base on one last event um, that stands out in my memory from Wicked, if you guys will indulge me for a minute. Um, yes, ma'am. After we'd be, been running for a while, um, a lot of our fans actually knew that Ben and I were married. Um, they didn't in the beginning, but they did uh, near the end. And we held a show near the end of our reign, and um, there was an event where um, Sin had a match and had gotten beaten up. And um, me playing the caring wife, um, he was in the ring and bloody, and it was like he was coughing up blood and stuff like that. And the fans see me run out from the back. I kick my shoes off. I slide into the ring in my suit and everything, and I'm I'm playing the um, wife that's super concerned. And – I want to say it was Wild Child. Mephisto. Mephisto's the one that put the barbed wire in my mouth. And Mephisto came up behind me, and he um, was going to interfere to try to pull me off Benito. And he said, I turned and looked at him, made him poop his pants. He said the look (laughs) on my face was so incredibly scary. Um, He said it was so incredibly scary that he actually thought, I was going to hurt him when we got into the um, And he had a chair. He had a chair raised like he was going to hit me with the chair. And he's like, I was going to hit you with it, but you scared me. I'm like, you should hit me with it. But that really sticks out of my mind because fans after the show 
were coming up to me going, oh, my God, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? Like, totally worried about yeah. him. That was the show I told you guys about where I had to be hidden in an alleyway because, um, like, everybody was so worried they were going into the locker room and stuff. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, it, was, it was one of the great moments. <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds amazing. Are, are there any other questions for me before I sign off? Um, uh, yeah, I got one. Go ahead, okay. What, what color are your underwear? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, pink. Good. I'm, I'm wearing pink oh, underwear. Oh, I nice. got, okay. I got a Mel underwear story. Hold on. Oh, we went, God. I, we, 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 we're on our way back from Indiana or Indiana or something, and we stop at that Shell truck stop, and there's a bunch of us eating there, and we're all debating, like, if this woman has underwear on or not, and Mel gets up. Watch to the woman and be like, do you got panties on or no? <laughs> and oh we're all God. shocked that you literally just asked this random stranger while she's eating food. <laughs> you got underwear on? What? <laughs> um, one quick question for Mel, uh, or even more of a statement, I guess. Talk to us about the importance of botch in Wicked Wrestling Alliance. There were two benefits held in this man's, or uh, two events held in this man's honor. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, please. Um, for respect purposes, Steve. Um, yes. Steve was a pillar of Wicked Wrestling. Um, he always lifted morale in the locker room. Um, he was always a source of strength for anyone. He was a go-to guy for um, the young uh, workers coming in that they could learn from. Um, and he had an amazing ring presence. Um, and looking at his gimmick, um, you know, with the, the gas mask and botulism, um, his name Botch came from um, botulism, uh, the bacteria that causes death. Um, he was just an imposing figure in the ring. But beyond that, um, on a personal level, he was a source of inspiration to so many people. Um, we actually wrestled for him up in um, his, his company that he ran, FirePro, and um, after the, we spent the night up there just so that we could attend his um, sermon the next day because he was so inspiring and uplifting. And when he announced that he had cancer, he worked for us until he couldn't work anymore and made a so touching speech in the locker room and to the fans um, about his time with our company. And uh, I just felt like we had to honor him um, for the person that he was. You know, it it, it was just a person that he was inside and out. Um, He was such an amazing role model for so many people, and I felt like we had to honor him, and I felt like, you know, we had to help his legacy through his daughter um, and help, you know, keep his legacy going. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the very uh, best workers that uh, we have ever come across, and, and honestly, somebody that you wanted to – you know, uh, learn from, but 
he would give the best advice. I, I remember a couple of times that uh, either my brother or I would go to him for advice, and we always got sound advice from him. Um, going to fast forward real quick um, because Mel Storm has one little story, and uh, I've never heard her tell this, so this will be the last thing, I promise, because I know her time tonight is limited. Wicked closed in uh, would have been 2008. Um, was the closure, I believe, of Wicked. Um, but earlier in 2008, and, and then the, we'll show how green I was, because we, we've heard since tell the story about Gavin Alexander and what happened how with Sean. Green were, how green uh, were you? <laughs> um, but I got Mel and I got Finn and a couple other talents from Wicked booked on an event for a promoter over in the Quad Cities. Um, Mel, I know you enjoyed your time with WPPF, OSWA, whatever you want to call it in the initial run. Are there any memories you want to talk about from that? Because you got to work with some really big-name talent. Um, it was really cool. I actually did um, re-announcing for WPPF for uh, quite some time. It was really nice to actually sit and talk with some of the names that they brought in. Uh, Coco Rare was great. Um, there were some other names they brought in um it, it was just really fun to work there uh, as far as memories sticking out obviously the kind of stick memory sticks out um the ring breaking when machine broke the ring um that one stick out a bit um we're on our way home from a show one day we were um, maybe 15 minutes from the venue and we come up on a stoplight and there's a gas station across the street that <laughs> oh, has like sir. 15 top bars with a shady part of town. So we were afraid to go through there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to bring up one other memory though that isn't related to WPTF. It's one of my earliest uh, PCW memories um, from Powerhouse. Um, I was, getting into the business and was training me um, and stuff like that. And I believe we were at the Streeter High School, and Jim had brought in King Kong Bundy. And <laughs> oh, it, wow. just so happened, um, it just so happened that um, Kong and I found ourselves in a conversation. And um, I, I, I believe he was the one that remarked that uh, he looked like a penis because his head was shaved and stuff like that. Um, but then we got on the subject of tattoos and piercings, and I had brought up that I had oh a nipple ring. Oh, my God. Oh, my. So we, so we asked if you could see my nipple ring. How oh, worse there I am. I just kind of whip it out. I'm like, there you go. He's like, I've never seen one before. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> funny memory. I'm not a shy person by any means. Um, Me neither. I will, I'll change in a locker room full of guys. I don't care. Yeah. Um, have your memory if you give me one more moment. Um, can I talk about penises on blog talk? Oh, yes. oh yes. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. So we're we're at a show, and I think I was still ring announcing for Tim, and um, I had just gotten off work and had to rush the show. So I get off work, I rush to the show, and I'm taking a shower in the locker room of the show before I go on, and all of a sudden Eric comes running into the shower where I'm at. And he's like, Mel, 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 come here. You've got to see this. Mel, you've got to see this. And he's trying to drag me butt naked out of the shower to go see Oh, my God. And I'm like, I got a shower, dude. And he's like, oh, you've got to come see this. You've got to come look at Floyd's dick. It's huge. And he's mimicking with his hands like a foot long dick. And 
and he's trying to drag me buck naked out of the shower to go into the locker room to look at Floyd's dick. Oh, I my God. Like, Why? I'm like, I'm trying to, because he wanted me to see how big his dick was. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then he, man, I mean, then he proceeded to uh, announce it in front of the whole locker room and try to pull the towel off him when he was just trying <laughs> to get back to his locker, you know? <laughs> I was laughing my butt off. I thought it was hilarious, but I wanted to finish my shower because I didn't want to have interruptions as I was getting ready for the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, I apologize. I did a bit TMI, but the room moment stuck out to me. I love the locker room moment. Um, well, let's talk about one real fond memory that I'm sure you have, because I've heard about this, and I heard that this is what created some dismay from Mel Storm and a certain individual. We're going to get to this story once uh, Mel leaves us, unless she's got some memories of it. But there was a guy that you had to ride with one time to go to the airport to pick up a name that came to Wicked by the name of Headbanger Mosh. You had to unfortunately ride with a guy by the name now calling himself Curtis Wild on that ride. And from stories that I've heard... You did not come back to the venue a happy camper. Um, no, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> as any of the workers in Wicked can tell you, um, I personally had a very, very, very strict no-drug policy for our locker room. Very strict. And that included weed. Weed was not legal back then. But I had a super strict no-drug, no-alcohol policy in the locker room. And that certain individual decided that he was going to smoke in the car on the way up um, to get Mosh and on the way back from getting Mosh, and he was going to share his stash with Mosh. So when they showed up to the locker room, Mosh was high as a kite <laughs> and tired oh and lethargic. And it he had smoked off to was, no end. Didn't he say he it, had it, smoked since he was in the WWE? Yes, yes, and it, it pissed me off to no end, and that is what started the problem with Curtis, is because he chose to blatantly ignore and disregard the mandate I had cut out in our locker room because I was adamant that we were going to have a clean locker room with no drugs and no nothing like that, because we were a family-friendly show, and I did not want any of the workers to be on any sort of altered substances and it's dangerous in wrestling if you're taking substances and getting in the ring because you can hurt yourself or someone else and that's what started the feud with loud show yeah, I, uh, I, I, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Look, I, I mean, I'm on medical cannabis myself, but I will not. Number one, I'm not going to get booked on an event and go out and let people see me for taking that sort of thing. There's a time and place for that that I was taught very early on in this business from Mel Storm, Nick Logan, Sin, others that passed through Wicked, so on and so forth. Um, I've always agreed with that. There's a lot of people that are like, well, well, nothing. I'm not going to have you cost me this building. I'm not going to have the, the local police department calling me because they saw you in the uh, hot box in your car in the parking lot of the venue that I paid for. Because if you create those kind of problems for a promoter, chances are you're not coming back. No. Nope. Um, which is unfortunate. You get, you get nothing. Yes. Um, 
I would like um, anything else that Mel Storm may have to say. There's been a lot of names to pass through the locker room in Wicked. I think one of uh, my favorite uh, has to be Billy Gunn, and that is was actually the show uh, that Botch made his last appearance. And I want everybody to hear me clearly. I want Mel to hear this, and then uh, you're free to go, Mel. But that was actually the night that Mr. Joey Eastman decided to show up at WWA for the very first and only time. And um, there were a lot of um, things said after that event. I believe him and uh, I know you guys have been paying Nicholas H. And it's not that I have heat with Nicholas H. I want to make that abundantly clear. But him allowing, recording a promo with Eastman and PJ Drummond, and I forget who else that was with them, basically shitting on Wicked. Mm -hmm. After Botch had came out and made it abundantly clear in his last promo in Wicked, that he didn't give a shit what people said about this company. He knew what this company was about. He knew it was a good place to work. He knew it was a good company. And that is also the night that, unfortunately, um, Angus McDuff got injured during his match with um, uh, Billy Gunn. Gunn. So uh, I've never really given you the platform to say anything about this. I know that there was a lot of heat between Wicked and Mr. Eastman over the years, and I know that Sin has told his story about uh, rectifying that when they shared a locker room together. But I'd like to get your opinion on that. Um, you know, it's a trite thing, but haters can hate. Uh, That's true. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. Um. And I tried not to let negativity interfere with what we were doing with Wicked. Um, We always gave 150% every time we went out there. Um, I mean, I was ring announcing when I was pregnant with my daughter. You know, um, she was in the locker room, you know, so that we could put on a quality show. And, you know, I don't dislike or like Joey Eastman. He is who he is. And, there are some people in the business that are just going to talk smack and run their mouth and think that they're better than others. And the best mm-hmm. that you can do is ignore them. You know, don't let what they're saying get to you. Just ignore them and move on with your life because it's not about what they do. It's about what you do. See, I have a problem with Joey Eastman only because he tried to act like a bully on the Internet. But then in person when I met him, he was kissing my ass. And I just hated that. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, so in person, he's a little bitch. Yeah, I I told him off in person because he kissed my ass, so I told him off. I'm like, you know, know, don't be kissing my ass. (laughs) See, I'm I'm also a firm believer in not burning bridges, though. So I try to keep my feelings, feelings out of everything, and no matter what promotion I've ever gone to or worked for, um... I present a professional front, and it doesn't matter how I feel personally. It matters how my relationship is with that promotion, and I don't want to burn bridges because you never know when you may need somebody again or when things may need you and you want to be there. You know, So I, I personally try not to burn bridges of any sort when it comes to wrestling because, I mean, yeah, I'm not active now, but I wanted to get back in a year from now, then I would still have those connections and those um, friendships that I made and the bridges that I built 
so it would make reintroduction easier. Correct. Not only that, not only that, you don't want to look like an ass for starters, and it's just not. It's just not good workmanship. Just not. No. And not only that, depending on who you pissed off, they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. And everybody knows. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly, and I mean, I like I said, I'm just a firm believer, don't burn bridges, and I don't like to talk smack about people because, you know, who's to say that they haven't changed since whatever they did 10 exactly. years ago or five years ago? You know, you never know, and you never know what was going on in their personal life at the time that maybe caused them to be bitter or anything um, like that. You brought up Sean. You brought up the um, the one of the batch, uh, the benefit we did for the tornadoes. Um, right. What you don't know, um, what none of our fans knew, is that actually the morning after the tornadoes hit, um, Benito and I were on my way on our way to Chicago, where my dad had open heart surgery. He had a quadruple bypass. Oh, good. Um, and we sat up at the hospital for almost a week straight, sleeping in hospital chairs and supporting my mom and being there and stuff like that. So, you know, that benefit show was kind of difficult for me because it was the, honestly, it was the start of my dad's uh, decline health-wise. But, oh my God. you know, you, you don't let your personal life interfere with your professional life. And you don't let what happens at home or at work or anything else bleed over into what you're doing. I always just wanted to put on a good show for the fans. I I wanted to see the smiles of the kids in the front row, um, the cheers of the adults who it's so real to me, damn it. You know, not only that, and I want to give credit where it's due. I believe this was uh, initially your brainchild, uh, Mel. Um, Wicked did something that RCW wasn't doing at the time. WWA would call the group homes in the area and either offer them free t- uh, tickets when they could or discounted tickets. I took that formula, and here's why. One of my very first events that I promoted on my own with Ed Schumann in 2009, we did this. And I- I'm going to be honest here, and some people may say that this mentality you're thinking is wrong, but hear me clear. I got more enjoyment of watching people that had that kind of ailment watch the show than watch the show myself because I knew that if they were enjoying it, I had done my job well. And everybody's like, well, you shouldn't be giving away free tickets. They are on an entertainment budget. That's what a lot of promoters don't understand. I want to make that point abundantly clear because I did some digging to find this out. Most people that are in a group home like that are only given an entertainment budget of about 30 to $40 a month. So if you're asking them to pay 15 or $20 for a ticket, you're asking them to eat half their budget to come support your event. No. No. Nope. Uh, I've always been a huge advocate um, for those with uh, disabilities, whether it be physical, mental, um, any sort of disability. Um, it's recently come to light that um, I essentially um, am uh, on the spectrum as well. So, really? Uh, it kind of explains it a little bit more, but I've always felt 
Um, I, I love to watch. Um, I love to watch them enjoy the show. I get so much enjoyment when you see the smile light up your face. It, I know what you're amazing. saying. It, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Sen and I just worked the show this summer for a uh, uh, a special needs school, and it was tremendous. I I felt so happy and proud to be able to put on um, something like that and give them some enjoyment in their life. Yeah, that was that was a great event for even me to be a part of. We all took the van ride up there uh, for a good old friend, C-Red. And I'd come back in a heartbeat. I know I'm supposed to be slated to be going to California at some point. We'll get an update on that later. But I enjoy yeah. that so much, so, so much, because, yes, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I've had to get on workers about this. Tell this story real quick. Mel, I know your time's limited, so just let us know when you need to go. But I actually had to go out at one of John Kometz's shows uh, over in Streeter back in the day. I was ring announcing. And he booked Marco Cordova, and Marco Cordova did – nobody evidently had made it appear to Mr. Cordova to not use the R word in front of that crowd. And he cut a promo and did. And the next thing I know, I've got five people walking up to me livid that that word was used. Um, I will not allow anybody to use that word that I give a microphone, and anybody that I entrust with a microphone should know better than to utter that word in public, or at least what in front word? of those people. Re- retarded. Oh, my. I'd freak out. I did. Yeah, um, we're, we're, for, we're fortunate. Wicked had some good workers, and we didn't have to deal with that. I mean, we did have a gentleman who actually, near the end of Wicked, um, actually came in and wanted to be a financial backer, and um, he is paralyzed and uh, uses a wheelchair. Um, and he actively encouraged our workers to pick on him and make fun of him uh, because he enjoyed being a part of the show that way. Um, it never sat right with me, but he loved it. He got so much enjoyment out of it. Him and Mephisto. Um, you remember him and Mephisto all the time. Yeah. Mephisto <laughs> being a hardcore I, match. He's like, can I steal your cane yeah, or your uh, crutch, <laughs> you know, and use it? Yeah, he, he absolutely loved it. Yeah, we were very fortunate. I would awesome. like to thank Mel Storm for her time this evening. And I, I, I've learned thank something in wrestling. I've been, uh, I've been doing this 20 years. I want to say Mel Storm's been doing this since about 97, 98. I've learned in my 20 years, you never say never in wrestling. And what that means is we're here talking about a company tonight uh, that will be 20 years old in August of next year. Never say never. Now, everybody's like, well, Dreamwave's back in the area, and you got PWX, and you got this. It doesn't matter. Never never say, say never. never. Um, and that's not a spoiler or anything. This is Ever. not me, like, saluting the horn, stating that is coming back. No, that's not what this means. It could mean that. Never say never. That's my premise of this. Um, you know, and uh, look, I have enjoyed working and being a part of Mel and Sin's family for the years that I have been and Nick Logan for the opportunity. And, and all three of them will tell you, I'm not the easiest person to deal with. Like, no, you know, no, excuse me. I can tell y'all that he's not the easiest person to deal with. Okay. And I don't, ha- <laughs> I don't have to deal with him and say, Hey, like all y'all have to. 
I have to deal with them like this. I got to deal with them in text and in audio text and all kinds of shit, man. He's pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I am still a part of this business because of these three yeah. individuals and, and have to thank them for the opportunity to be able to kind of prove myself in some ways. There were some letdowns over the 20 years, I'm sure, but – uh, for the most part, I have done everything that these people taught me to do, and I'd like to think that I've done it pretty well. Did I get to wrestle as long as I wanted to? No, there was the physical condition that got in the way of that. But to still be a part of this business after 20 years, to have a guy that they entrusted to be one of their referees, Steve Kane, come to me and be not only one of my best friends in Hades, but literally be a driving force for RWF to even come back after the 2012 mess up that spoke volumes wow. and, it, and it spoke volumes about Steve's uh, character too, because Steve loved working for wicked. I mean, we took a car ride up to Janesville, Wisconsin in 2012 <coughs> and we were just sitting there. Hey, you remember the time that you remember the time Mephisto stapled you in the ass with the staple gun? He's like, yeah, my wife, <laughs> I took my pants off that night. That night, my wife's like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll say, Sean, for the most part, you've done well with the teachings and stuff like that. Um, But once again, I'm going to be the honest one out here. Uh, The one thing that you do that still is not within the teachings I taught you is you burn bridges and you you tend to – talk down about certain people or certain feds. Um, and I get it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, but to maintain your professionalism is also very important. And you need to learn to know when to shut your mouth, which I've told you that many <laughs> yeah, times you do. in Wicked. I, I've told you many times in Wicked that, you know, you need to learn to know when to shut your mouth and listen to what's being said rather than spouting off because Correct. burning bridges is not a good thing. You know, but no. that's me being honest on and it's nothing I haven't told you um, face-to-face or no. many times before. Um, and we also have to give credit where it's due that these people are the reason that you saw an Icons of the Illinois Valley. Mick Logan is not in there yet. Mel Storm's not in there yet. We were talking about Eric Freedom. Uh, Eric Freedom is one guy that definitely deserves that induction. And that was not something that I did to tickle my tail feather. Let me tell you, there were a lot of people, oh, he's just going to put his friends in there. No, no, because I'll be, I'll be honest right now. Are Tim Lyle and I the biggest friends in the world? Absolutely, 100% not. But I would give the man the rightful induction. And, and that's know, I, I got to say, Sean, and maybe Beans hasn't told you or Sin hasn't told you, um, the reason I declined um, that induction is because I don't really feel that I was an icon in the Illinois Valley. Um, I don't feel that I did enough to earn something like that. Sure, we had a wrestling company. But, I mean, you can ask people on the street. You can ask others in the wrestling business. You're not going to find that many people that know my name. You're not going to find that many at all. I haven't made a big enough impact in the wrestling business to um, deserve an award like that, honestly. Well, and I I have to be honest in this. I I appreciate your honesty and and you feeling that way. Um, It's not, you know, 
it's not something that I take personally. That is actually the right mindset to have, and there should be more people in the wrestling business that have that kind of mentality and mindset. Um, if there was, the wrestling business might be in a little bit of a better state because that's the kind of mentality to have. It's also, it also comes down to guys with some of these paydays that they're asking these days. Um, you got to have a little bit of tact, and, and I appreciate Mel for uh, speaking on that. And she's right. Um, there's been br- bridges that I have burned that I regret burning. I'll be the first one to tell you that. There have also been bridges that I did not burn intentionally or got burned um, not because of me, but indirectly um, uh, for things that have been said on this podcast and so on and so forth. We're trying to tread waters lightly here. Um, but at the end of the day, Mel Storm, one of the um, <clears throat> women that, you know, pulled me aside many times and goes, you know what you're doing. You, you're kind of good at it. You need to shut up. And she was one of the first people along the lines of Eric Freedom and a few others that, you know, and, and other people have told me this. I want to be honest about this. My, what I feel sometimes is my problem is I will walk into a promotion with a very critical eye, and sometimes people don't want to hear those ideas on improvements they need to make. This, this is why I could never watch any wrestling anything with you because you're too damn critical. You are. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you walk in like like your shit don't stink or anything, but you just want the best of everything. You expect the best of everything, and if it's not the best of everything, you're gonna squawk, and not so long and the short of it. And sometimes you should just sit back, accept it, and shut the hell up. See, Thank I you, you Yeah, I see. I told you to shut the hell up too. It's women, women bash Sean Knight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love you, Sean. No, but, I'm not yeah. bashing Sean. No, I'm, I'm really not bashing Sean. It's just uh, it was my no. Way. I'd give her shit yeah. if she was. <laughs> well, no, I, I wouldn't bash Sean. It's just, no, you, you know, um, when I see it, I gotta say it. And I, the, the critical thing, you know, I've been to promotions. I see things. I see where they went wrong. But yeah, I think my Wicked wasn't perfect. We screwed no. up a lot. You know, there's yep. a lot of things yep. we have done better. And had someone come in and started bashing us hardcore um, on a, a podcast or a, a radio show or websites and stuff really bad like that, we might not have continued as long as we did because, you know, when you bash someone for so long, they get defeated. Yeah. Yep. All so, right. Thank you, Mel. Thank you very much. Uh, no, oh. no, it's not done. No, it's not done. Is she? <laughs> not that. Yeah, she had to go. She, okay. I, think, I was going to say. I, I think she said. Another, are you going? Another question for me. Okay. Uh, I think we are good. Uh, we're going to fast forward this. Thank you so much, Mel Storm. We're going to kind of go over okay, the Mel. rest of the history of Wicked here I, really quickly. So I, the infamous. I, wait, wait, wait! I like Mel. Mel's great. Mel can come back anytime she wants. Uh, Mel um, and and Nick Logan is back with us and saying, uh, Nick, whose idea I've, was I've it? I've been for... here the entire time. I've just been listening. <laughs> oh, honey, spout off anytime. Spout off. Um, oh, folks, good. What's... I heard things I didn't hear before. We're all good. Folks, it's you need to call good. in. 
to hear the remainder of this program live or wait for the archive, you can call in now by using the guest call-in line, 515-602-9678, 515-602-9678. All right. Um, whose idea was it for Hell on Earth? Was that uh, a commercial idea? What it was Wild Child. He was it Wild Child to TLC? I thought I came up with the TLC two out of three falls. I know Rez will came so, up with the name. <clears throat> this is this is what I remember, and okay. it's been almost twenty years, so don't don't take this for concrete. But I remember Wild Child either texting me or on AOL or something. He's all like, hear me out. And he's all like, hell on earth. Or no, he didn't say hell on earth. He goes, he goes, tables, ladder, chairs, two out of three falls. We'll call it hell on earth. And I was like, I think that sounds good. And I think I passed it along to Beans. But I could have that completely uh, uh, fucked up. And maybe I was talking to you instead on Messenger. I don't remember. I, I do know. I do know. I don't. I thought I came up with the stip, but uh, stipulation. But it might have been him. I do know for sure, though, that Raz was the one that named it. Okay. I remember him coming okay. up with the name, and then just thinking, "Oh yeah, that does sound good." You know what I mean? That that some people yeah. want to see. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was all down for that. Uh, our our crowd really liked that kind of stuff, and. Uh, it was it was it was the big blow off to a non title uh, angle. You know what yeah. I mean? We had a long feud. And we feuded after that for the title. So I mean it kinda really um I had no what uh, or no no thoughts of being the champion at any given time or Wild Child when we brought him in, but I think that program kinda elevated us to that. Yes. I, I remember after that match, one of them. Eric Freedom chewed you out. He's like, "Is that really worth it? Like, like all that for the? You know, there's not that many people out here. You know, for the? You know, you're putting your body through for that that kind of a payday or whatever." And you were like, "No, man. I, I think you're like, no, I, I, you were, you were all for it, but I think Freedom kind of like, I, I could have swore maybe he talked to us over the phone." I don't think he was there that night. I'm sorry about that. Mel Storm had just come in here and distracted me for a second. What was that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We were talking about oh, hell on earth. Saying, didn't didn't Eric Freedom like lecture you about putting your body through that for not oh, enough Yeah, yeah. He said he said I shouldn't do that in front of a crowd unless there was like 500 or something. He said the really? ending. Really, yeah. He said the ending was too risky. He said the whole match was kind of risky. But for him, the end spot was too dangerous. Because I was hurt. I kept going through the match even though I was hurt. And then the end spot, I'm basically um, wild child standing with either foot on, you know, near the top of the ladders and picks me up in a fireman's carry and whirls me out of that into like a reverse DDT through a table. So, yeah, Freedom was pretty upset about that spot. <laughs> yes, and well, let, let's be clear what happened before that. The ass of doom, as we all dubbed it, the brown streaker <laughs> happened. The brown streaker, yeah. Oh, my God. 
Is this match on YouTube? Can we watch this like tonight, later, or something? Uh, I, you know, I can air it maybe down the line on one of the Wicked shows. So, yeah, because um, like I lost, I lost my year one DVD, so I don't have it anymore. And I'm trying to explain people how bad your head got smashed by a 250 pound fat ass. Two fifties <laughs> <laughs> being nice. <laughs> yeah, two seventy. 275 was more like it at the time. Anyway, the story goes like this. Wild Child decides he's going to come off a ladder with a flying leg drop, and that ladder is probably about 25 feet in the air. Well, I don't know. To, to the mat, not as high, because I wasn't on the floor. I was on the mat. So Correct. Take, take, take a few feet off for that, whatever. You know what I mean? We're, we're talking at least 15-foot jump for the 275. Fly, fat fuck, fly. Did you know he did a Van Terminator on me in a match in, uh, I think, Missouri or by Missouri? <laughs> oh, Jesus. He hit it, man. Uh, you know, I made him show me that he could hit it before uh, before the show because I didn't think he could. But he hit it. Um, so we've talked about it. Your face was completely smashed at this point. You went to work that Monday, and everybody's like, what the hell happened to you? Yeah, I got I got bashed up pretty bad, uh, pretty severe well, you, concussion. How how long were you knocked out? Do you know? Matter of seconds, just a matter of seconds. I came to in time. To, I I came to in time for after the three counts, and I heard them talking about just pin him again, take it home. That's kind of I'm coming out of a haze at that point, and I'm just basically saying, hey, you know, no, no, I'm good to go. Let's do the final fall. And yeah, you know, I you know, it, by today's standards, uh, a lot of wrestler, a lot of wrestling, especially mainstream, would say it should have been taken home. But I mean, I was trained very old school, and back then, if you suffer concussion, there's still ten minutes left to the match. You try to finish the match. Now, there were other plans for this event that I heard about through the grapevine. The original reason that the November event was named Prophecy is there was supposed to be a prophecy that was going to come true at this event. This was the first time that I ever heard uh, that Jay Repsol was slated to show up with Acid, who was the RCW champion at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were talking about it. And I was making, like, the intro and, like, the, the stuff for the year one DVD or, like, or like some, some kind of intro for a DVD or something at the time. And I had it on VHS. Like, I did a VHS. Back in the day when you had actual – Yes. And, and, and so, like, it was a whole process. It didn't even look good. But I'm like, oh, you know, he wanted to see it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you could borrow that VHS tape of, like, what, what, what we're putting together for our, uh, you know, DVD series or whatever, and I never got that VHS back. <laughs> well, uh, I got a lot of footage that is going through Razo and IR, so I'll make sure I get you some. Hell yeah. Um, I, just, I was from... like... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Somebody go oh, ahead. No, I was because, like, and it's funny because, like, I, throughout the years, I would just put on that fucking, that first DVD, sorry, as just like a, here, look at what happened. What a dumbass. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then, so, back to Razzo, he, he hits us up. He's like, we got to keep it all secret and stuff. And then, like, I think I think Talon knew. He beat yeah. it out of me. Talon beat it out of me. I remember that. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. You guys are right. Um, poopy head? Yeah. No. Um, yeah, that was it. Um, the other oh, thing that we addressed man. was Jerry Lynn becoming the WWA champion. That did not, unfortunately, pan out. Also, uh, in the very first year or so of Wicked, we saw uh, Headbanger Mosh. We were supposed to see Gangrel and Luna. We've discussed that. We got to see later on Billy Gunn. Spike Dudley, Madman Pondo, um, you know, and just so much great talent passed through WWA that I've become friends with over the years that have either worked for my brother Talon or worked for me um, through the years. So it's just been great. Did you guys ever mention that uh, Judas went on to uh, buy RCW, but the name was still incorporated, so he called it like... Jay's RCW or something, and he ran in LaSalle or Peru for like, I don't know, maybe six months or so? Uh, we have not discussed that at nauseum. I hated the fact that they were going to sell him the rights to the name and Freeman gave him the belt. I was like, okay, well, he doesn't want me to be a part of this. Who is the one guy out of both Wicked and WWA that could, could see the vision of what things that had been done that worked. And obviously uh, let's tell the story here. Judas and I worked for the Jonas brothers short lived company. And we saw that go down the tubes as fast as fast could go. Um, I thought I could have been an asset to his company and, and maybe try to bring back some of the RCW talent. And, and as soon as Danny McKay was put in charge of his head booker and then stumpy, it all went downhill from there. Um, it did not last long. I actually told Sin the other day he had to – he built the ring in the building they were running, and he had to break the original welds to sell the ring. Didn't make a nice yeah, profit on that ring, though. That was a six-sided ring. I think he got, like, five or six grand for that. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> um, WWA was also about – bringing in local people to work events. We didn't get stuck on this with Mel because I kind of forgot. Um, Sin trained a guy by the name of Matt the Hammer Hancock for the very first event that he had a match with. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see who else. Later on, you, you trained a guy that was in a band by the name of Cheese Pizza. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, they were a very popular band. Originally known as Nikki Fox, uh, they almost had a record deal, and that name kind of screwed them up. Yes. Um, let's see what else. Um, WWA was slated to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Joint the Clown at one point. Not really 100% sure what happened there. Um, other names were scheduled to pass through Wicket. And a lot of people can say what they want about the history of the WWA. I was there. I lived it. Um, their initial run, and we'll, we, we've got to pat everybody on the back here, 03 to 08. What does that mean? Well, RCW lasted from 02 to 05, and it's very first and only real good run. That means Wicked won the war. 
Did they want to win the war like that? No. I tell you right now, I've, I've had many personal conversations with Sin. That's not the way they wanted a victory over RCW, but they took the win. The very last RCW event was September of 2005 at the Cancun in Ladd, Illinois. One week prior, we had had, we had, had Disco Inferno. Uh, then we had Just Incredible. The next week was supposed to be at the Banquet Hall in LaSalle with Mike Awesome. Um, and we got through the first show with Disco Inferno. We do the second show that night with Just Incredible. And I get told that that is the end of the road for our CW. Um, because of financial mistakes that were made uh, at the time with Jay Restle. Oh, it, um, we Holy will say shit. that Steve Freeman was – was, It's hard. Um, that was, that was um, you know, a company that Steve Freeman backed. But, okay, who's got, um, got the background noise? You're driving me crazy. We're, we're almost done. Um, okay. Sin, what did it mean for you? Because I came to the venue where you had Al Snow later that night and, and informed you that RCW had folded. What was your initial reaction? Do you remember? Um, a little bit of relief, actually, in a weird kind of way. I didn't want them to fail or outwardly go for them to fail. But right. it was it was like a, I don't know, it was kind of like a weight off your shoulders because when you are kind of in uh, running in the same area with another company, you know what I mean? It's Right. It's hard. It's hard. So, I mean, from a business standpoint, yeah, there was some re- relief. Um, it was a shot in the arm, too, for the locker room because we were able to take the guys that we wanted from there. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Botch uh, got us Machine from over there um, and and so forth. So, Machine was 100% on board when he came on with Wicked. Machine was uh, a definite backer of our company as far as just loving it and doing what he could. So that you know, just little things like that. Some of the guys we got, there was a lot of good that came out of it for us. Right. All right, uh, Nick Logan. Any final thoughts or comments on which part of what? <laughs> anything. Anything. God, you know, I haven't even kept up with wrestling at all, remotely, completely, like, for fucking years. So I don't even know who's what or where or what shows are called anymore. Um, I am going to try and, like, get out to some shows out in the Indiana area um, at some point if I can. Uh, and I know I'd like to go see Natasha wrestle in SCW because I haven't been out there yet. Yeah, yeah, so. I want to make one of those shows too. We should make plans. Hell yeah! All go right. Party. Um, one quick memory for Nick Logan. Nick, do you remember being sent the video that was done with Sin and Nick, uh, Chris Stark, for what was supposed to be RWS initial run in Streeter? You did have some hands on that. Uh, do you remember that video promo? Has Sin sent that to you? I can I can have him send that to you. I I was there. I recorded it uh, with a camera. I don't remember whose camera. Is <laughs> at the cemetery? <laughs> yes. Wasn't it at the cemetery? Yes. yes. Um, the cemetery yeah. promo. Yeah. 
I'm not yeah. sure who came up with the verbiage of that promo, but um, I we, always we, go ahead. We each came up with our own. Um, we kind of we were kind of given like, okay, you're going to bring it, be brought into the company this way. We were told. So then Chris built up this big intro and decided then it should pan over to me. And, you know, it was just, I I don't know. It it was like everybody kind of had their own thing and they knew where they wanted to go with it, but staying within the parameters that we were given, it really was, it came together quite naturally. I thought. Yes. And the initial plans Hmm. for that faction with Sin and Chris Stark was to add machine to it and keep finding talent from wicked or powerhouse that we could have incorporated into the brand in Streeter that would have made my life, as Chris Stark likes to say, or Victor Priest, a living hell. Um, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there were talks about bringing in uh, Sin's old friend, Matt Maverick, a.k.a. Harker Dirge. There were some serious conversations had about that. I, I went to Sin and I was like, who can we get to really not only bring fans back, but who can we get that's going to make this thing special again? And I think you both credited me at the time because Stan and Nick were a part of my booking decisions along with Steve Kane. Steve and I decided that we were going to bank on a main event of Eric Freedom versus Bob Orton one last time in Streeter. And everybody said that I was crazy. And you two actually pointed out, you're like, no, remember what we did with our first main event. And, and you know, I admitted tonight I thought it was crazy. But looking back in retrospect, that could have not been a bigger main event for a newer company coming to Streeter that was trying to incorporate some of the old elements of companies that have ran here before. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, with that 10-year loss of period of time, that that has affected the situation. (laughs) Right, right. Uh Um, You know, it just – that would have been great. There were so many plans. Um, Nick, I'd like to thank you again and and sin so anybody got any final thoughts remember fans you've got an aw pay-per-view this weekend and wwe clash at the castle yep two pay-per-views one weekend yeah well i I gotta be i i I gotta i gotta be all princess bride clash at the castle clash at the castle oh my god (laughs) i was gonna say how how fun storming the castle um, as Katie would say, that's too much wrestling in one weekend. Yeah, it's too much <laughs> wrestling. It's a lot. There's, yeah, there's, there's a. You got AEW on Sunday and Saturday. You got WWE. So it's like really. Well, well, oh, you're oh, killing me. Are you already already I making think... me watch how much during the friggin' week, and now I gotta watch on the weekend when I should be resting and thinking about wrestling, sure, but not obsessing. I got just oh, it's too much wrestling. <laughs> Not yeah. How does that go again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we will be back here next week with a huge update reviewing both pay per views on Thursday Night Turmoil and so much more. Um, folks, we're getting ready to uh, make some first announcement. There's been some contacts made about anniversary. Reminder cool. that that is coming your way in about a month's time. Um, oh, we are going to do already? three. Yes, ma'am. Oh my God! I see. Three I keep nights. Getting winter. This see, this is, I see because I always forget when our anniversary is. I thought it was in April. Uh, three nights in October, the fourth, fifth, and sixth. We okay. will be bringing you 
some big names and names from our past, present, and future. All of that and, and so much uh, more. Make, go ahead. Any of uh, any off my list? I'm working on that. It, working okay. on that. We will have some announcements coming on that. So okay. yes, it's it's just going to be great. Uh, nine years doing this podcast. Wouldn't have it any oh other way. Wouldn't God. have it. Wouldn't have it with nine any years. other people. Oh my God! Nine years with you? Are you kidding me? You oh, think that's I don't know how you did it. See, yeah, and people wonder why there's something wrong with me. Oh, I blame the cocaine. Oh, I want cocaine. I want cocaine. Hello, Why? What? Who's giving out free cocaine? What? What? <laughs> No one gets over free cocaine unless you're snorting it on the dick. I know. Oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> My Lord. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh. All right, folks. That is going to do it for us here tonight. I'd like to thank our guests, Mel Storm, Nick Logan, and our coach, yeah. I am Statistic Sean David, along with my co-host. The saltless slither, I am soon. The reason why this show cannot and will not ever be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. Okay, folks, you know what what this means. You know the drill. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you sure as hell can't stay here. Take your take your glasses, damn lights, and get the hell out. And have yourself an uber fantastic Labor Day weekend. We'll see you next Thursday, folks. Good night. Bye. Bye. Get the fuck out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.